Welcome to the Stream of David on Om Times Radio with best-selling author, channel, and creator of the Taya Spiritual Practice. David Strickle shares the eternal wisdom of the consciousness called the Stream. Prepare to have your mind blown and receive clarity on your life and the universe like you perhaps never have before. And now, your host, David Strickle. Welcome to the Stream of David Show. I'm here today with Taya Bootcamp graduate and owner of New England Dyslexia Solutions, Karen Legitacy. Hi, Karen. Hi, David. Thanks for having did me. Did I say your name right? <laughs> did I say you your did. name right? <laughs> <laughs> you did. Good, good. Well, I'm excited to have you on. Uh, you, how long ago did you graduate boot camp? Oof, uh, probably six, seven months ago. Yeah, this this year is just flying by, right? That's yeah, crazy. <laughs> Don't yeah. Time so, uh, it, yeah, it seems like just a couple of months ago, but you're right. It probably is six or seven months ago since you've been out, and uh, we we kind of knew each other before you got into boot camp and got to know each other a lot better. And I think you had a, a great experience in there that you can share with everybody today. Uh, but the, the the bigger topic is is overcoming obstacles, uh, because you and I both have something that is considered an obstacle that we've overcome in life and it's dyslexia yeah yep yeah so and of course you have uh dedicated a business to helping people uh work with i hate to say overcome uh work with dyslexia uh you know i don't like these terms disordered uh you know suffers from battling all of those things something that's just a a variation of our human experience that isn't really, uh, there's nothing wrong. It's just something that's different about us. At least that's the way I view it. Yes, absolutely. And I work with clients all the time who, you know, have this perceived, it's, it's very much a struggle in the mainstream, but one of my goals personally and professionally has been for the past 15 years to really help to change the public perception of what dyslexia is, what causes it. And essentially, it is a very gifted way of thinking and using your imagination. But that same gift is really kind of what causes the problem in the linear world that we are living in um, with education and, um, you know, grades and all of that. So it's a fascinating topic, really is. Yeah. You know, I was just talking uh, this morning. I, I'm going on a podcast uh, next Monday and I have not met this person uh, who hosts the podcast and she does a pre-show, which I love. So you kind of get to know the person before you actually do the show. And we we went really deep into this templated society that, that we have been living in for several, you know, a few centuries now where you have government and religion and culture, uh, several centuries, I should say, that that tell us how to live. This is how you're supposed to learn. This is how you're supposed to earn. This is how you're supposed to, uh, you know, pair off. This is how you're supposed to reproduce. This is how you're supposed to conduct yourself. And then this is how you're supposed to transition. And you know, all of it is kind of laid out for you uh, in a way that perhaps helped create society in, in the form that it's in today. But now we're, we're coming together like never before. And we're questioning, do we still need all this stuff? Do we need formal education? Uh, to be a one-size-fits-all, you know, that, that doesn't really work for everyone? Do we need uh, government in, in its current form? Do we need religion? Uh, you know, wh what do we need out of all this? Because we're starting to see the collective question it, and we're seeing, I don't want to call, say the destruction of it, but we're seeing the fracturing of it. The fracturing of government, religion, the monarchy. Uh, we're even seeing uh, police forces coming into question. We're seeing all these things being questioned now like never before, and certainly formal education, because it's a one-size-fits-all world where, you know, the majority fit into this style of learning, so you better fit into this, and if you do not, then you have a disability, we need to pump you full of medication, and we need to, you know, label you different, and you're not going to be as successful in life because of that, and, and a lot of people buy into that. Exactly, yes, all the time, um, and one of the really unique things about what I do is that we approach dyslexia from a completely different angle. So the program that I provide was actually developed by a severely dyslexic man um, by the name of Ron Davis. And um, his philosophy and his 
uh, insights into dyslexia. It's been a very grassroots kind of um, organization, but I feel as though society is now, just now, um, and 40 years into this, is just now interested in hearing some different views about what dyslexia is and how to overcome the hurdles that kind of come along with it, but it's a double-edged sword. And so, you know, I'm really excited about this opportunity to talk about it because not a lot of people talk about dyslexia in this way. Yeah, it's always, again, it's always, I'm battling it, I'm suffering from it, it's a real challenge. And I even called this and episode overcoming obstacles, but you know, it's it's right. really the obstacle is not the dyslexia itself. It's the fact that the world is is set up to tell you there's something wrong with you when there's not. Right. And when you look at, I mean, I don't know if you know of you know the famous dyslexics list. Um, it's pretty amazing because the uh, so many innovators and um, you know really amazing contributors in our society are dyslexic or, or were dyslexic. And so dyslexia is a fairly new term, relatively speaking. But um, when you look at the way someone um, uses their imagination and is creative and um, the ingenuity that kind of goes along with dyslexia, you can see that the people who didn't listen to the mainstream, you know, who decided, no, I, I am not broken. I am gifted in this way and then they used the gift um, there's enormous potential and so it's really just a matter of how you look at it as you know most things go it's a lot of it is perception and internal perception is huge so you have um, the prison population around the world um, the huge majority of the people in prison uh, have dyslexia or they have been labeled um, with a learning disability and then you have the opposite spectrum so what we're trying to do is catch that before um, you know that they get beaten down by the system and yeah. um, help them to understand how they think and how they learn and really that's all you need is to understand how to um, work for yourself, have it work for you rather than against you. That's a good point. And I, I recall being in high school uh, and, and I tested for advanced math. I was never a good student. I always tested well, but I, I didn't do well in actual class. And again, I was told that I was you know, intelligent but lazy. That, that label uh, you know, followed me all through school. And I had an older brother uh, who was among the top of his class, and my younger sister, who grew up in a totally different uh, town, because she's a half-sister, she was at the top of her class. So I have these, you know, I, I'm bookended as the middle child between these two excellent straight-A students, and there were times when I was a straight-F student, <laughs> and mm -hmm. I, I was, uh, I think I was telling you before we came on that I you know, managed to negotiate my way from grade to grade uh, on my wit and charm, <laughs> and it worked until I got into <laughs> high school. And then, you know, in high school, you either have, either have enough uh, credit to graduate or you do not. And I did not. So I, I went and took the GED and in, in preparation for the GED was diagnosed as, if you want to call it that, as dyslexic. Uh, and, and then it was so blatantly obvious at that point. And then looking back through all, you know, 12 years, I spent 12 years in school, even though I got to the 10th grade level and it was never diagnosed. And, and I had... Right. Uh, in, in elementary school, I had a couple of instances where they pulled me aside and did some some things they weren't doing with anybody else, some testing and stuff like that. And in math, I had a very um, you know short attention span for anything, and math wasn't terribly interesting to me. But I loved to design houses when I was a kid, and they actually pulled me out and placed me with a special education teacher, which was uh, not good for my ego at that point. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. And but she worked with me one on one, and I de I designed a house in the fourth grade. Oh, that's great! They were they were using it to teach me math because I had to figure out the the spacing of the trusses and the the load weight of walls, and I was I did all of that in the fourth grade. So yeah, it's I taught incredible. myself. I wouldn't say architecture, but I taught myself drafting and and home design very young, and and I actually went into that business at nineteen as a real estate developer. And the structures that I designed, some of them were built. Uh, we had an engineer behind it, but still, 
you know, we, we did all of that stuff. And it's because, A, I was never told that I had a disability. I was just told that I was lazy until I was interested in something. And B, when I did find out that I had dyslexia, I didn't go into victim mode with it. I didn't go into mm-hmm. feeling sorry for myself and using it as an excuse and, oh, this is why. Mm-hmm. It was just something that I became aware of. And through what I now call the stream, which has guided me through my whole life, I, I came to appreciate it pretty quick. Like, I'm just different. And this means I'm, you know, special in my own way. I, I learn differently. Uh, I need to go teach myself. And I've always been a very curious person. Uh, thankfully, the internet was uh, <laughs> becoming a thing around that time. Google became a thing around, you know, not too much longer than that. And I, I taught myself everything. You know, I would just dig and dig and dig and find information and, and learn my own way because the classroom setting never worked for me. Exactly. And, you know, when you were talking about designing a home, that's one of the things that is so cool about being dyslexic is that it really is an amazing way of thinking. So it's it's basically nonverbal thought. And the reason why the school systems generally teach, they do teach to the majority, the majority of people are um, verbal thinkers, or that they at least develop verbal thought um, as they're growing up. And with dyslexia, the key differentiator is that we tend to specialize in nonverbal thought, which is very multidimensional. So um, I'm curious if you recall when you were in fourth grade and, and, you know, wanting to build that house, if you could imagine all of the different ways that those you know, boards would need to go together? Was it like a very realistic picture that you had in your mind of how it would all fit together? Yeah, I, I'm very good at that, actually. I'm surprised. I didn't go to school to be an architect because of the the, the formal education aspect and especially the, the math uh, aspect of it. Uh, but to this day, I can design a, a house and I can walk through it in my mind and I can see yes. how, how it looks in 3D uh, you know, even playing with light and things like that, I can build that house in my mind and walk through it and know what it looks like from every angle, uh, know how it all fits together. I love fitting, you know, fitting rooms together, especially in a more complex home is really kind of cool, you know, especially because I, I go into, sometimes I go into custom houses where they've cheated one room out of space to add a bigger closet or a bigger bathroom. And it really bothers me because I like, appropriate proportion. You know, I want a good proportion bedroom to a closet, to a bathroom, that sort of thing. And you're, 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 you know, cutting corners or cheating space by making something wonky, you know, a room that's a little too long, a little too narrow, something like that to make something fit. And it sort of drives me nuts because (laughs) I don't, I, I would only want to build something that everything is proportioned and it flows nicely. And, you know, one room to the next makes sense. And so in my mind, I can do that very, very well. It's shocking that I didn't end up doing that for a living, <laughs> but I did. Well, hey, you're serving the world in a really great way. So yeah, instead I, I created a spiritual <laughs> practice based on the spiritual teachings that helps people change their lives. So that does work. That does work. Well, that's yes. a creative endeavor too, you know, because absolutely the, the thing that um, I, I, I try not to say this too often because it sounds like I'm bashing Abraham, but the reason I started channeling was because I was inspired by Abraham. And the reason I created Taya is because I was frustrated by Abraham. I I Mm. was frustrated with the teachings and I already knew what they were teaching, but they sort of filled in the gaps for me early on. And, And Esther's channeling of Abraham is so brilliant that it was very inspiring to me. But the message that that message that they have of sort of just focus on what you want, don't go back into the past don't, uh, you know, harp on, on, on these things, really just focus on what you want. It works, but it wasn't working for me. I kept mm-hmm. hitting blocks and I realized that my blocks were rooted in things in my past and I needed to develop something where I cleaned all that stuff up. And then that worked. And that's, why I started, that's where Taya came from, is creating this practice for myself that I now teach to other people that goes beyond what Abraham was offering in terms of, if you, you know, if that's not working for you, try this. And that seems to work for a lot of people. And again, you know, Abraham fans, I'm not bashing, bashing Abraham. I think that Abraham is perfection and it's serving its audience that is, 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 mm-hmm. is, you know, ready for it. 
and serving at the highest level. And for some people, that's all they ever need. Other people need something a little different. Some people are inspired by the book, The Secret, and they never need anything else. And that's why right. it's the best-selling, one of the best-selling books of all time is, is because it, it kind of gives you a very surface explanation of law of attraction and does it very well, but it doesn't go very deep. But for some people, you just don't need that, or it's a good introduction. And then you find another teacher and sort of go you know, through your journey of discovery until you sort of put all the pieces together for yourself, if ever, if there's ever an end to that. Yeah, one thing um, about The Secret, which is really interesting, I loved that book back in the day. Um, but one of the things that I discovered within The Secret was that many, many of the masters of The Secret were actually on the famous dyslexics list. And I thought, oh, isn't that interesting? And so oh, when you that. think about, yeah, when you think about how visual, so if you are a nonverbal thinker and you're thinking in pictures and multidimensional thought, and that can very easily trigger emotion, um, when you are a picture thinker, it's a lot easier to manifest um, what you want because you can visualize what you want and it feels real. Like when you are visualizing that house, you could probably walk all around it and know exactly what rooms and where you were within that home. So yeah. it's a very cool you know, way to go. The, the stream says all the time that the, your imagination is your most powerful creative tool. And yet we think, oh, you're just imagining that it's not real. But anything you imagine is real as soon as you imagine it. And it, it can actually manifest in full-blown physical form if you allow that that real imagination just to be rather than doubting and fearing it and all that. I kind of want to hear who yes. these people are uh, that were in the secret on the dyslexic list. So we're going to go to break. When we get back, let's dive into that. We'll be right back with Karen LeJudas. Taya practice is changing lives all over the world. Listen to what just a few of our Taya Bootcamp graduates have to say. Taya practice has taken my professional life, me to a new level of abundance and happiness and joy on a daily level of existence that I didn't even know was possible. This work is profound. If you do the Taya Bootcamp and maintain a daily practice, you will fundamentally change your life. It changes everything about you, and it, it, it will affect all other aspects of your life, your health, your, your career, your money, your relationships. And I think that certainly has helped with my anxiety, with my mental health. I'm realizing that, wait a second, I do deserve the best in life. If you're ready to release fear and old limiting beliefs and learn to truly trust the universe to deliver all your desires, then it's time for you to join Taya Bootcamp. Visit thestreamofdavid.com forward slash TYA today and book your free discovery meeting. And we are back with Karen Legitacy. Is that better? Yes. Yep. That's great. <laughs> I've been calling you the, the wrong name now for months and months and months, and now I've got it right. So that's good. So yeah. <laughs> you were speaking about uh, people that were in the book, The Secret, or in the movie, or both, uh, that are on the dyslexia list, and I don't know who they are, so I'm kind of curious. Well, the actual speakers themselves, um, you know, I know that John Asraf has talked about how he, you know, had trouble in school, um, not sure he graduated. I don't know that he identifies necessarily as... Um, he's come out and said that he's dyslexic, but that would definitely be one of them. But one of the more so, it's the people who um, from the past. So we, like Thomas Edison and Albert Einstein. Um, I'm looking at the list here. Um, the inventors um, like Napoleon Hill, um, I believe, is on the famous dyslexics list. There are just so many incredible, talented people who have taken that visualization ability. Um, so Steve Jobs isn't on, isn't on the secret, but when you think about what it would take in order to manifest, so he has a vision, you know, he is using his imagination to, to link basically the whole world together. 
Does that make sense? Sure. <laughs> so when sure. you, um, so Richard Branson, um, he's dyslexic. We have, um, oh, Nelson Rockefeller. I'm looking at the list right now. Charles Schwab, um, Steven Spielberg. There's so many people who had to have that belief and the vision and be able to picture something multidimensionally, um, believe in it, and then it comes to them. Does that make sense? Walt Disney. We have Walt Disney, um, Leonardo da Vinci, tons of amazing people um, on this list. So it doesn't mean that every single person with dyslexia is going to become rich and famous. But what it does mean is that anybody who has dyslexia has that same thinking style. And Usually there'll be some sort of niche that they, you know, latch onto kind of like what you said with, um, you know, your spatial abilities. I don't have that, but I do have, um, you know, an entrepreneurial mind and I can see holes in process really, really easily. I wouldn't give up my dyslexia for anything. It has made me who I am. I can absolutely see how it is a gift. Um, and yes, can also see that there uh, are people who struggle mightily to make it through. And usually what happens is, is that after they make it through school, then they can um, really start to take off with what they are passionate about and what they're good at. Um, but it all just kind of goes hand in hand. And I think that um, when you don't know that you're dyslexic, so there are loads, I mean, I would say the majority of people who are dyslexic are not identified, um, because it doesn't have anything to do with intelligence. Actually, people with dyslexia have a higher than normal IQ usually. Um, it yeah, when you really hear learning disability, you think the opposite yeah. of that, but it's, it's really, yeah. a, it's a different ability, a, a learn, a different learning style is all it is because I, I have learned plenty. I, I don't consider myself uneducated at all. I've just educated myself. I think there's a, a auto dictate or some autodidact. <laughs> autodidact is yeah. <laughs> yeah. dictate. That's something different. That's on my phone. Um, that um, you know, I, I fully believe in that. And it's funny because I'm in a relationship with someone who is a doctor with an MBA. <laughs> so he yeah. really, 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 really likes school. <laughs> Actually, he said he didn't love school, but he loved being educated and he loved, you know, the, the, what, what all of that offered him. And obviously he worked okay in the school structure in a learning environment, but, you know, we're very different in terms of that. And he actually respects the fact that I was able to achieve all that I've achieved without going through a formal education process. But he even said, you know, he, he says, this is what he says. He says that he needed all that, that I didn't need it, that I knew how to figure out, you know, things on my own and to go find what, what I need to figure out. And it took me a while to appreciate that because for a while getting into to business, uh, especially when you're younger, everyone wants to know where you went to school and all that sort of thing. And I got into a career field where pretty quickly, I was hiring people that had MBAs and you, it was a requirement to have an MBA to report to me. So that was a little awkward. Right. You know? <laughs> Where did you go to college? Well, I didn't, <laughs> but you need to have an MBA to have this job, <laughs> but that's just the way the company was structured. But you know, the, the secret of corporate America is if you know how to make the money, they will keep promoting you. Right. Right. And I knew exactly. how to make the money. Yeah. And that worked for me for a long, long time. But and I, and I was in a field that didn't require a specialty. You know, I'm not performing surgery or architecture or something like that. You know, I do understand there is value in formal education. But all I'm saying about that is it's, you know, we pretend like it's a one size fits all world and it's not. And we're all really coming to rebel against that idea because the template doesn't work for everyone. And, and there's lots exactly. and lots of different paths to success. And I, I used to hire interior designers. That was part of my um, my 20 year career. I was uh, in management with a, an interior design company, a really big interior design company. And I hired hundreds and hundreds of interior designers. And some of the most talented designers did not go to design school. And then the ones that did go to design school always sort of had this bias against the ones that did not. <clears throat> and I, it seemed almost like design school 
could take someone with talent and almost train that out of them and, and mm -hmm. try to turn them into robots. Because to create a beautiful room, yes, you have to understand materials and scale and that sort of thing, but you also have to have an artist in you. And it seems like school doesn't know how to teach you. You can't teach someone to be an artist. You can teach them rules right. and things like that, but either they have that ability or they do not. They have that ability to, to picture that room in their mind of how the colors and the light and, and the textures and all that are going to play together and have that come to fruition or they don't. And I encountered so many people with a formal education from prestigious schools that didn't hold that ability. Whereas, you know, some of the most successful people that work for me in terms of dollar and just in their beautiful work, uh, my best friend is a fantastic interior designer. She has her own firm that she's had for 12 years now. She was a pastry chef. And she came to work uh, for us with no experience, but we would give a, um, a design test and she blew it away. And she knew mm -hmm. how to deal with clients, which a lot of designers don't know how to deal with, with clients. And of course, if you're asking someone for tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars, you, you've got to be able to, you know, to deal with that. And a lot of and schools don't teach that. So they, they do their students a real disservice. I really noticed that over the years. It was very frustrating to me. They turned out people that were not prepared to work in the real world of interior design other than being someone's assistant, which is too bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the whole like no child left behind is actually leaving the the really talented children behind because they're yeah. not being seen, you know. So, yeah, it's it's crazy. And it really just depends, I guess, on the person and the tenacity. But I think it's so important for people with dyslexia to understand that it is not a disability. You're not broken. You are just, um, you just maybe need some different tools. And I feel like Taya is amazing for that. Um, as far as, you know, I think you have a very, um, a gift in bringing something that can be really complex down into its simplest form, which I really appreciate because, um, you know, and I think that that is happening it happens all over the in everything but with education um people come to me and they are petrified that you know oh my my child has dyslexia and I said well you know if you look at it from a different perspective and we can just boil it down into its simplest form if you think of it as a thinking and learning style that is actually going to serve your child really really well in the future um <laughs> and we just need to get some new tools and simple tools tools that enable you to understand how to work with that amazing imagination and that mind that takes off and floats away when you're confronted with something confusing or boring, <laughs> you know, um, and then addressing the little things that, um, that add up to big confusion in the long run. So there is absolutely a way to um, work with dyslexia, master dyslexia, so that it doesn't hold you back for anything that you want to do, which is really empowering. Yeah. I think to know for a lot of people. Yeah, that's, it's a very good message because luckily for me, luckily I listen to the stream, <laughs> my own inner guidance, yeah. which is so important. To do. We're taught not to do that. We're taught not to listen to inner guidance. We're taught to listen to authority and, and, you know, read our Bible and, and do what the teachers tell you to do and just be obedient Yet the most successful people in our society over and over and over again are the rule breakers, the ones that aren't yep. obedient, the ones that didn't just fall lockstep in line with what they were told to do. But there's all this fear. And, you know, one of the things Taya does is it, it takes fear out of the equation. And if you can release fear, and I, I was just somehow guided to fearlessness early on and always knew that I was going to chart my own path, chart my own course, if you will. And, and do things my way and not fall into anybody's idea of what I was supposed to be in any way. And I, I, I played in that world a little bit when I got into the corporate world. Uh, and, I, and of course, everything that I manifested, I realized, and I look back and realize how every little twist and turn, of course, this is also a big component of Taya, was such a gift for me. That I you know, jumped out, uh, got out of school, got my GED, 
started this business from nowhere with no money and learned business by being in business and how <laughs> everything just magically fell in my lap because I didn't know that at 19 with no money, I wasn't supposed to be a real estate developer. I didn't know that. Nobody told me that. I just did it. Right. And, and people took me seriously. My family didn't. They thought it was a joke. But the, but the people that really mattered in all of that took me seriously. And I, I worked at that for a couple of years. And then it, that sort of played itself out. And then I got into the corporate world. And I was really good at sales. And being really good at sales gets you very far in life, especially if you're not formally educated. So if you're not formally educated, even if your end goal is not to be a salesperson, learning the skill of sales and learning how to negotiate and deal with people from different walks of life is, is such a valuable tool. And I was fortunate enough to fall into a sales job because, again, I didn't have a formal education. It was a path. And then I, I did so well at that, I got into management. And then I did well in a, in a situation in management that was just happenstance. And then I just proved myself by learning and doing in the process of all the way up to reporting directly to the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. And you, you learn as you go. And, and you, yeah, you and, dig and you look and for when the you're information in it. Need. Yep. And I, I was just going to say the best way to learn, especially for, you know, for someone who is dyslexic is hands-on. Um, it's to be in it and do it and experience it. And once you have that, um, once you have that experience, then you can, um, you can master it if that makes sense. So that's why there are so many very successful people with dyslexia. It's because they've actually mastered their trade, if that makes sense, because yeah. they have, you know, and they have had the ability to think outside the box, to um, imagine something maybe that doesn't even exist yet. Right. So which is what, which is know, what law of attraction is, is everything is imagination before it becomes reality. And if you've got to, you're right, if you've got to develop the tool of imagining something to, to create it rather than sitting down, you know, pencil and paper, then you're going to be more successful because that's how that's, that is the process of creation universally for everything. And then understanding how to tune to the vibe of, of is, you know, of being the thing that you want to be. That's important, too. I didn't know that dyslexic people, quote unquote, weren't supposed to be able to write books. Uh, somebody, I, there was an article that this person's dyslexic and they wrote a book like it was a big deal. And I thought, well, I wrote a book, too. I never thought about being a big deal as a dyslexic that I wrote a book uh, because I just don't see myself as a victim and, and just don't focus on that. But I, I did. And I didn't know until I got into publishing a book that a lot of people don't even write their own books. They hire a ghostwriter to write for them. And I didn't do that. I actually wrote my book and I had it edited, for, of course, but, and, and luckily I have an editor that knows how to edit me <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because it does take more <laughs> editing than someone who's not dyslexic for sure. Uh, but I, I, I'm proud now that I wrote my own book. I didn't know it was something I wasn't supposed to be able to do again, which is why I was able to do it. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, um, you know, well, nobody and I told think me that... I wasn't supposed to be able to do that. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, there to go. <laughs> yeah. And I think too, that, you know, sometimes when you're um, in the school system and it's a very language based kind of curriculum and, you know, you're not fitting in. And I mean, I remember being told that I was not, um, you know, college material and that I should go to trade school and, you know, and that, and um, I listened to that in the beginning and I went to trade school and then realized you know, very early into it that, wait, this is not what I want for my life. And I ended up going to college and I graduated 10th in my university class. But wow. um, so it's not that you can't achieve academically. Um, but for me, it just took a ton more effort than my peers. Right. So if everyone else was going out partying, I was pulling an all nighter, hitting the books. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, um, I'm sure. You know, I'm sure so, because I, I never, yeah. I never stayed in that environment, and I, I can imagine uh, that it took a lot of focus and a lot of effort to 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 comprehend things, you know, in that traditional way. I'm sure it did. So good for you. Yeah. There's like you know, there's rereading and you know, making sure that you're 
understanding as you go and all of that. So it's not impossible, obviously, to get, you know, to um, achieve academically, um, but there are tools. There are tools available that make it a lot easier. Um, And it's a pretty fascinating thing when you finally understand what the root cause is, which is also very interesting because that's what Tai is all about, right? Where you you go in and you get to the root of, um, you know, what what's actually going on, what's holding you back. So there are some interesting similarities in what I do um, and what you do, you know, so it's kind of, obviously it's very different, but it's, it's a parallel in a lot of ways um, where, you know, we need to just figure out what the root cause is for each person. And, um, you know, with words, what's really interesting, and I don't know if, if you want to go this far into it, but um, we can. We didn't words... run to a break. And why don't we, when we get oh. back, let's kind of wrap okay. up with our um, this hour's going by very fast as they do. Uh, we'll get right, we'll be right back and we will talk about those tools because I'm very curious. I'm sure the audience is as well. We'll be right back. Okay, great. Thanks. The Taya practice is changing lives all over the world. Listen to what just a few of our Taya Bootcamp graduates have to say. I'm so comfortable in my skin and who I am that it just has completely changed my world. It's amazing. I'm so full of joy and clarity every day to feel this good and this amazing. I, as I said, there's, there's no words. I can't stress enough how wonderful this program is. I was living in fear. My life felt like it was a constant groundhog day. Every morning I woke up, I felt, oh, here we go again, you know. This is the first time I feel like I took control of my own life. Probably the best thing ever is that I've always dreamed of this kind of life, and now I am living it. I'm creating it, and it's not a dream anymore, it's reality. It's time to awaken to abundance with the Taya practice and Taya Bootcamp. Visit thestreamofdavid.com forward slash TYA today to learn more about the Taya practice and book your free discovery meeting. All right, let's dive into those tools. I really like uh, the idea of, of giving people some useful things. So why don't you share some of your... Uh, some of your top tools for people with disabilities, <laughs> people well, with different abilities. <laughs> yes, I, I like that better. All right. Yeah. Well, so one of the one of the primary things that I I think is really interesting about um, dyslexia and also ADD, um, ADHD. There are there are seventy three different diagnoses actually that that kind of fall under the same umbrella. Um, and one of the things that is very rarely addressed or even considered part of the problem is a concept that we talk about as disorientation. And basically, it's just a um, something that happens mentally when you are confused, when you're bored, and it happens to everyone. Um, it's a human phenomenon, but it's really that feeling of when you kind of mentally drift off. So most people will um, be able to resonate with it um, while driving or doing some kind of low thought activity and your mind kind of drifts away and you're thinking about maybe something that you need to do or something in the past, something in the future. And you're kind of um, disconnected from what's actually happening right in front of you. Um, And so that happens with everyone, but with people when they're reading and they're dyslexic, there's a level of confusion that happens. And when that confusion or boredom or overwhelm starts to happen, it's kind of like there's a, they mentally kind of float away. And I know that before the show, you had kind of talked about that a bit (laughs) where um, you can kind of just disconnect from the task. And when that happens, that's when you start to have um, like visual perceptual distortion. So, um, you know, a lot of people with dyslexia complain of um, movement on the page. It doesn't always happen, but a lot of times you'll see people adding words and, um, you know, dropping words that are there and all of that. Well, so one of the things that we 
work with is um, a very simple mental technique that allows you to recenter when you start to drift off. Um, and it's kind of lengthy to get into right here on the show, but it is something that is very easy to achieve um, just to bring yourself back mentally. And there's so many um, programs out there and um, you know, even people who are in the self-help industry who talk about mindfulness and being present with tasks and, um, you know, just being able to center is so important. So that's one of the tools that we use to really just become more aware of your state of your, um, of how you are interacting with the world around you, if that makes sense. So if you are in the middle of a conversation and your mind drifts off and you're no longer um, hearing what they're saying, that would be an example of disorientation. It happens all the time um, with yeah, I was going to say, that happens to me daily. <laughs> it does. Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> and you the know, thing right? is, is that I, I, I drift away and of course that's, I can drift into the stream pretty easily, but I can drift away just in thought. And the person never seems to notice that I've completely drifted off and have circled back around to paying attention to them and, and, and missed the whole section of what they were talking about. Uh, but usually it's not that interesting to me yeah. anyway, because I would have drifted off. I think if, <laughs> I know that sounds terrible, but um, you know, I, I, can, yeah, hold, I yeah. can hold myself if I'm really interested I can hold myself in a conversation. And this is one of the things that uh, I, I'm not always great socially. You know, if I'm around my tribe, mm. if I'm around, you know, Taya people, if you'd been to the, I know you couldn't come to the reunion that we did last week, but you know, that went for two and a half hours yeah. of Zoom. <laughs> and I, I was <laughs> yeah. loving every minute of it though, because we were catching up with everyone that's graduated from boot camp and what they're doing and we even had a song, and I mean, it was really cool. I'm going to post a recording in the uh, the Basecamp secret group, so you can uh, listen to it. Oh, I hope so. But yes, it was you know two well, and a half hours of me engaged, not drifting off. So yes, some and of I, it I has to that do with what I find stimulating and, and what I just do not. And that is so important too. It's a really important um, aspect of learning as a dyslexic person is that engagement is so important. And a lot of times, um, you know, if you're if you think in pictures and you are able to hold a conversation and be creating a picture as you go, right? So then that would mean that you're engaged in what you're doing. But when you are in a classroom and you know there's a lot of distraction going on around you, the maybe the content is not engaging, right? Or um, you know, there's just so much going on. There's, there's things that you maybe don't understand. The moment you don't understand something, that means that you've lost your picture. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so then you just, you end up, your mind just kind of is either, is either trying to make sense of it. And then eventually you just, you know, are off onto something else in your mind. Um, so there are very simple tools. They're actually all outlined in the book, The Gift of Dyslexia. Um, it's better to receive them from a facilitator, but um, Ron Davis was very generous with the information that he provides in that book. Um, and so there's a state management piece of what I do where we actually, in your words, David, we would be able to bring yourself back to neutral, right? If that makes sense, where mm -hmm. you are mindful, you're calm, you're present, and you're, you know, you are just in the now. And those tools are so important because so many students or even adults that work with adults all the time actually specialize with working with adults, but can be in that fight or flight mode because there are so many coping mechanisms and tricks and ways to remember things that are all piled up that are pretty much your life preservers, you, you know, trying to get you through um, in this linear world. So that's one thing that you need to make sure that you have the ability to be present and um, calm and um, relaxed when you're learning. Otherwise, it's nothing's going to go in correctly. And then secondly, there are very specific things that actually are at the root cause. So if you are interested, I can run through them really quickly. One sure. of the biggest um, 
one of the biggest and most interesting things about dyslexia is that the um, the words that trip us up the most are the little words, not the big words, the little words, words like the, of, if, and, but, um, all those little articles. And the reason is that there is no picture for them. And so as we're reading, those are just mental skips. And so the program that I provide, we actually work with those little words um, and and with a very hands-on technique, we use clay. Um, so I sometimes like to call myself the clay coach because um, it's an amazing way to bring form into something that is very abstract. So we work with clay to um, create pictorial meaning for those words. And it is absolutely amazing how effective it is. There are 219 words that we know are a problem out of all the millions of words that exist. I don't know if that's accurate, but how many words that exist, but there are only 219 words that we know. Um, so it's pretty easy to correct the, the root core problem. Um, and it's really just the mental techniques of being focused and getting yourself um, into the state where you can learn and then just getting to those, anything that doesn't have a picture. Um, is so what skipping those words cause the confusion of what you're reading, which causes you to disconnect from what you're reading and drift off. Is that accurate? Absolutely. You got it. Okay. And, that's and a, that's a piece about... that I didn't know because I definitely can read two or three pages and I do read, I read a, you know, a book here and there. I don't read all the time. Uh, but I, I, I read enough, a handful of books a year and I will go two or three pages and realize I'm off somewhere else. Even though my eyes are scanning <laughs> yes. and my pages are turning, I don't, yeah. I have not comprehended <laughs> the last three or four pages and I have to go back. Yep. And it doesn't so mean I, that I you're not reality, able to comprehend. Yes. And it doesn't yeah. mean that you're not able to comprehend. It's just that your attention wasn't there. And, yeah, no, I, and I, I the reason why your attention wasn't there was because is, <clears throat> is because those words, they they actually make up 60% of what you're reading there and they're high frequency. So if you think of the word the and how many times that shows up on one page of text and you don't have a picture for it, um, it's, it's, it also can increase. So the more you read, the, the fuzzier things get, your picture gets kind of muddied and then you just bleh, check out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so it's just a very interesting phenomenon and, just to give some empowerment and hope to anybody who is listening who has dyslexia that um, it does, there's it's never too late to um, get these tools and that doesn't have to hold you back at all. It doesn't have to be an obstacle. <laughs> and you're, um, you teach all this in an online environment now, right? Yeah, well, since COVID, we have been able to now provide programs. So I usually would do one-on-one -on -one in person. Um, and it's a one week kind of boot camp intensive um, program that is phenomenal. Um, but now with COVID, we've been able to deliver the program online with huge success. So now that opens an entirely new world for us. Um, it's been amazing. So yeah, and go ahead and tell them to uh, where to find people. where to find you. Go ahead and give your website now. Okay, so my website is ne as in New England with a hyphen dyslexia.com so ne hyphen dyslexia.com um, i am a facilitator in the new england area massachusetts new hampshire maine um, and there are facilitators all over the world um, and you can find a provider listing at dyslexia.com but you specifically are new england dyslexia solutions right Yes. Okay. Yep. But so I, I travel your... all over the place. Yep. Yeah. I was going to say, I, you I travel. I anywhere, do. Yeah. So. Yep. And now with the online, it's, it's um, very possible to work with anyone anywhere in the world. Yeah. And you can weave a little exciting. tie into that. <laughs> <Now> that <you> <laughs> well, you know, camp. I use my, I, I use my tie tools all the time. And, you know, I think that one of the amazing things that um, I received from Taya is, um, you know, I don't know if I mentioned, I, a lot of people with dyslexia are, um, highly intuitive and empathic. And, um, I think Taya really helped me to discern when it was intuition versus thought, 
right? And there's a big difference because mind will always send you kind of, you know, either in the, it, it's mind is not where you want to be. Um, tapping into your intuition is really going to give you the answers. So I have been able since, since Taya to, um, you know, really start to discern and trust intuition even more so than I did before and understand it better. Um, so that's been amazing for me as a facilitator, just to be able to kind of tap into that side of things, um, even more than I did before. And, um, you know, understanding empathy and understanding also just kind of like, you know, understanding, and this is something that's been part of my practice anyway, but, you know, really just knowing that each person has their own journey you know, you're not trying to fix anyone. It's providing someone with tools so that they can run with them and use them um, in a way that, you know, what, however they need to or want to. So, um, yeah, I really loved Taya. Um, still practice daily um, with the tools. And it was um, just a really great, great experience for me. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that I didn't exactly, I, I knew this could help people in multiple ways, but until we started boot camp and we started enrolling people with just a myriad of, of, of desires for elevation uh, and then seeing that realized, you know, understanding that Taya is just a foundation for living life more, more joyfully and more abundantly ultimately. So that's, that really is what it is. So I, I just love to get people on here that have all these different things that they're doing with it. And, you know, yeah. your, your niche is, is obviously very specific, but it, it broadens out to life in general of life is full of obstacles for everybody. And we exactly. stop viewing them really as obstacles and start viewing them as gifts. Then we have the power to solve them. And we, we don't realize how much, how much expansion we get from solving these things. And, and learning new new tools and creating new tools to be successful. It's fantastic. Karen, thank yes, you so much for being Thank you so much I for really having do. me. This went by so fast. It's a pleasure having you. For sure. <laughs> thank you so and much. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. Namaste. Bye.